This is a hose head. Production! Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood. The Unabomber blowing up. Waco, Texas, and Heaven's Gate. Alien modified men from apes. Hitler faked his death and then escaped. Bigfoot and the Mothman. Son of Sam talking to dogs again. Witches, ghosts, and goblins. Mysterious noise and hot things. Dark arts and the skull and bones. Most celebrities are probably cloned. So when you're feeling all alone, grab a beer and get stoned. I welcome you to the podcast Strange Brew. We're here to entertain you. Hey Tom, I'm teabagging. Oh, are you there, bud? Yeah. I'm giving I'm giving my tea a water bath. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's that? Yeah, what? Yeah. Listen to this was coming. You know what it is? What? It's strange rules. Podcast. What's up, everybody out there? Everyone that's out there in the host head world. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Anton said the intro needs to be more intense. More intense, I more said intense. We need seven intros. We can't, we're not good with three. We need seven. We need seven consecutive intros so that people just tune out completely. Oh, yeah. You know, my, uh, I'm drinking on an IPA. You know what it's called? Uh, it's called Tom Drinks the Shittiest Beers Known to Man. I love IPAs. Don't They're strong, Lord. delicious beer. And uh, You hipster cunt. Yeah, I love yeah, IPAs. And uh, it is uh, appropriate for us. Illiterate librarians. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> Pretty much. Which is a hilarious name because you know a librarian, right? Know what the one thing they need to do for the job qualification. To know how to read. Is to know how to read. And I Man. got it. It's a, I fucking pouring this shittily, but I got it in my beer mug. It is a full pint, too. It's it's it, I thought it was a half pint, but it's a full pint. It fits almost, almost a full uh fucking tall boy. Okay. Pretty awesome. Everybody, you can get fucking beer mugs on the website now. On the merch Teespring site. slash Strange Brew. Yes, you can find it at So that's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's awesome. I'm probably going to collect all of our uh, logos and our designs in beer cups because I think it's fucking dope. Guano bowls. Collect the whole set. Didn't you have a fun? Weren't you going to steal Billy's dad joke today? Oh, I did. <clears throat> yeah. I did. I'm just fixing the camera. The camera. Good thing I edit the audio. Kamura. I sh- uh, yeah, I cannot pour beer. I cannot what? pour beer. This beer's got too much head. <laughs> There's no such thing as too much head. Except for when you're already done coming and they just keep sucking. It's like, stop, please. You're doing <laughs> nothing for me. It's good. I'm done. I'm done. Okay? I'm done. <laughs> Are you done? Are you sure you're done? Done like Are you actually doing. done? Are you done? All right. Are you done? Shut the fuck up. Are you done? <laughs> they found traces of semen in her ear. I guess you could say she heard the killer coming. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> stupid. <laughs> stupid. Um, yeah, uh, shout out to everybody that has given us a five-star review on iTunes and Apple Podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. It does really help out the podcast when you leave a five-star. Uh, five stars? And when you leave a nice comment to overshadow. Yeah, thanks for giving us a review. Yeah. It really helped it, 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 us out of that out. Yeah. <laughs> it helped us out. Um, yes. Uh, we appreciate everyone that has, uh, you know, given us a five-star review to comment. It overshadows the couple negative comments that we get. <laughs> Tom, your skeleton's balls just fell off. I know. What the fuck, man? Frank's little buddy died. Frank's buddy fucking got fucked Not up. Not my buddy. What happened to my buddy? I think it's appropriate. I have Frank, uh, Frank the Skeleton Man in the background. I think it's very appropriate for this episode, considering this guy uh, dissolved people in vats of acid. Well, barrels of acid. So, mm-hmm. so yes. I'm drinking green tea in honor of it. Are you? What, why? Yeah. Why green tea? Because it's green, like acid. Uh, are you sure acid's green? Is that, a, is that No, it's just a stereotype. You know, like the I'm, I'm, I'm going off of that documentary that we've all watched and played Mortal Kombat. Is that a documentary? Yes, it's Mortal Kombat. There's, there's nothing else that's that's truer Mortal than Mortal Kombat. Oh, fuck you, Billy. I thought it was really I love you, Billy. I thought it was really <laughs> funny. Um, shout out to um, can't remember your name, but someone just recently left a review, and we appreciate you very much. Um, all the people that have, but someone left a review. They're like. Um, you know what? Like I, I love Billy. I don't really know why he's funny, but every time he's on, he makes me laugh. And I was like, I just said to Billy, and I was like, she doesn't know. I think it was a girl. Um, if it was a guy, I might be mistaken, but, uh, I thought, I think it was a girl's name. I think it was uh, Katie or something like that. If I'm, I could be, okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up very quickly. Um, do you think it was actually just Billy leaving a review for himself? Yeah. It's, it was his girlfriend and fucking used a different name. Um, okay. Yeah, it every, was, every review that says, oh, that Anton guy is super cool. I hate to tell you this. Yeah. Sh- yeah. I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote those reviews. <laughs> no, shout out Katie. Uh, yeah. She said that uh, she said that uh, B- she loves when Billy's on, um, but she obviously still loves us. But she just said that every time Billy's on, it makes her laugh and she doesn't know why. And I was like, hey, Billy, she doesn't know why you're funny. <laughs> he's like, that's awesome. But he's like, she damn well knows why I'm funny. <laughs> Funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've wanted to get in this for a while. Uh, this is a case I looked up a long time ago and you know, I'll, it's, it's a more, more well known, but not as like, I don't think ever like, unless you're really big in a true crime, you'll have heard of this, but if you're not, this is something new for your ear holes, but we're going to talk about John Hag, the acid bath murderer. Yeah, the picture I'm looking at right now, homeboy's got a little bit of a Hitler stash going on. And he also looks like yes, he could he be played by Clive Owen. Yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Yes, um, we're going to talk about John Hag. This is a pretty interesting story. And as I said, we're going to dive back um, you know, into the 40s, into the 50s, and then start really ramping up to the fucking... The real hot spots of serial killers, which is, you know, the hot spots for serial killers was the 70s and 80s into the 90s, where, you know what, it was just, it was just a thing. It was a fad. Everybody liked to kill. <laughs> Everybody loves killing. So I got a grapefruit IPA. I didn't know it was grapefruit, but it came in this cool little pack by this beer company. So one day we maybe get sponsored. Hey, hey, beer companies out there, if you want spon- want us to sponsor you or you, or you want to you wanna, you wanna sponsor us, 
We're the podcast for you. We drink beer almost on every episode or at least some sort of alcohol. So make sure to message me. And <laughs> that's not going to, I'm trying. If anyone's out there, that's a fucking, uh, as a beer sponsor as a beer rep or something like that, let them know foolishly good beer. And they came in this, it, all of them are fucking awesome looking designs on the cans. Pretty, pretty cool company. Foolishly good beer. Awesome. Show you guys you- out. You want to stop plugging people who don't sponsor us? Motherfuckers, you sponsor us or I'll fucking come down and I'll fucking titty slap you. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what's going on with my brain today. Um, I also have some uh, a good, a nice little weed pen. It's the new stuff. It's pretty good. Like That's the- right, folks. Tom's going to take two hits and be incoherent by the middle of the episode. Yep, you might see it happen. So in February of 1949, police raided a warehouse on Leopold Road in West Sussex. Sussex. Owned by John George Haig. John George Haig. John George Jingleheimer Haig. <laughs> inside. That fucker killed me too. In the inside, they found uh, several 40-gallon drums and containers of concentrated sulfuric acid. Outside, they found 28 pounds of melted human body fat, part of a human foot and human gallstones and a part of a fucking denture. Hey, John, you're going to eat your fat? <laughs> Ew, I do not like fat on meat, not going to lie. I like a good, like, if it's nice and tender and it, like, melts in your mouth. And if it's like, made of bur- human flesh. Burnt ends on brisket. It's my yeah. favorite. It's so good. Burnt end on brisket? Yeah, so the uh, for, for all of our listeners who are barbecue aficionados, you'll know what this is. But when you cook a brisket, you cook it fat side up, and you put it in the smoker. Yeah. And then when it's done, you cut that top part off, and, you know, that's a burnt end. Not going to lie. It's called a grapefruit IPA. I guess I can taste grapefruit a little bit. Not that much. Not as much as you expect from calling it a grapefruit IPA. So it was clear to the investigators from the acid inside what had happened. Hag had murdered and dissolved somebody or some bodies in acid to hide his crimes. Breaking Bad style. At le- I was going to make that joke, too. At least he didn't try it in the bathtub first and then have it oh, fall through yeah. the floor. Oh, yeah. That scene is pretty fucked, actually. Like, you think you would... I love that scene where he's just like, you're cleaning that up. <laughs> you think you would... Uh, he's like, yo, let's do the bathtub. You science rules. And then he's like, the fucking... It just corrodes the bathtub, obviously, and then it fucking falls through. Yeah, because fucking Heisenberg tells him, he's like, you can't put sulfuric acid in ceramic. It'll dissolve it. <laughs> And he's like, I can fucking do that. Because Jesse panics, drums. right? He panics and he does it with No, Jesse just thinks he's fucking smarter than, than Walter the whole time. Jesse thinks he's smarter than Walter. And it's like, you're a meth head. You're not. That scene where he's like a slave in, um, for spoiler alert, when he's like a slave inside of, um, what's his name? Gustav. Oh, when the, when the Nazis have him all chained up and he's, they're, they're forcing him to cook. Yeah. It's fucking, it is pretty, that, that's pretty. It's like the end of the series. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty, and I, one of my favorite shows of all time will always be Breaking Bad. It's so good. I've, I've, I think that I've watched it three times over. I'm pretty sure I have. I've done three or four. I'm, I'm on four or five just because I watched it when it was in syndication yeah. and I got to like season three, season four. And then uh, people that I was hanging out with at the time were just like, oh, I want to watch that show. So I'd start it over and we'd watch that through and then watch yeah. it all the way through. And I feel like I know a lot of people like view it the same way, like Game of Thrones, where it was like if you watched it when it came out, you were hooked and you were really yes. just like, whoa, what's going to happen next? And then I know a lot of other people that just don't want to binge it, which I get. But like watching Breaking Bad in syndication was like. 
Holy so fuck, good. I need the next episode. Like, what the hell is going to happen? What's, what's going to happen? Man, and we, uh, it's just a weird rant about Breaking Bad and how good the show is. That's why me and Chelsea watched it together, like, three, I think three times. Because I always love that scene of where, um, Jesse's about to get shot by that guy, and then fucking Walter comes in with the car and is fucking oh, oh, it's so run. good. Yeah, and then he shoots the guy. It's so fucking good. It just show, that that scene because that was in like I think the second season, just the beginning or whatever. It just showed it season three. I think yeah. that was right after they started working with uh, Fring. Yeah, and this is this is the kind of thing where it just it showed how badass he was. Just like it just it's when he flipped and was like, all right, this guy's fucking gangster. Yeah, the whole the whole point of that show is pretty much just the progression and descent of Walter White. Yes, like there's not much character development. I mean, Jesse develops a little bit too, but Jesse is just like trauma after trauma after trauma that fucking turns this dude into what he is. And this, but yeah, this I, isn't a Breaking Bad I, podcast. I was gonna say, and this might be a little bit of a teaser if we ever do it on the Unreal Review because yeah, we were could. we talking about John Hank. Nah, we're yeah. talking about Breaking Bad on this episode. Fuck <laughs> it. We could we could do that for the Unreal Review. Remember, subscribe to the Patreon because we have a lot of fun stuff coming and me and Anton are extremely excited to talk movies because we think it will be extremely good content for the listeners on the Patreon. It's going to be a lot of fun shit. Like I Yeah, by the time this show so comes excited. out, I should have uh, an episode of my show out as well. Yes, so it's getting exciting. Stay tuned for that. So, let's talk about John Hag's earlier life. John, John Jacob Jingleheimer Hag. I'm going to make that joke every time. Yeah, John George Hag. John George Hag uh, was born on July 24th, 1909 in Stamford, Lincolnshire. That doesn't sound British. I don't know what you gotta, does. you got to call it like it is, Thomas. you got to say Stamford, Lincolnshire. All right, hit the pad. Dangerous grounds. Stamford Worcestershire <laughs> sauce. His parents were John, an engineer, and Emily. The family uh, moved to Outwood, West Riding of Yorkshire, when John was younger, and were members of the Protestant Church and the Plymouth Brethren. Brethren. So what is um, the Plymouth Brethren? I'm pretty sure that's the same fucking group that Aleister Crowley's dad was a part of. Oh, yeah. Those does, diehard yes. Christians. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is that he had like an obscenely fundamental Christian upbringing. Yes. What fucked him um, up most likely. Like. It, yeah, because he had uh, frequent nightmares, uh, which will come into play later uh, in the murders about like he would be walking through the woods and he would uh, feel rain hitting him in the face, and then he would realize that it wasn't rain, it was blood. Yes, we'll and get into they, that speech. The, a that lot of the, the people talk about it, how they think that that influenced his whole uh, you know, outlook on, because he, he reported to have drank cups of his victim's blood and what have you, but they think that might have been embellished a bit. It might just be him bullshitting to you know, sound cooler than he is to his fellow inmates. Yes. But, uh, we'll get into why I I think that he did that near the end when we discuss how he got caught because it kind of leads up where this guy was just um, technically a pretty pretty intelligent con man and he it, was a con man first and foremost. This was all this about dude money. Just wanted he he wasn't a process killer. He wasn't a product killer. He wasn't a missionary killer. The killing was was inconsequential. He said later he's like I never wanted my victims to suffer. It's like well, and we'll get into it when he when we talk about how he killed them. Yeah. But I, I don't think he really cared that much if they did or not. He but he wanted their shits. money first and foremost because this motherfucker had a wicked gambling problem. Yes, and that's what fucking spent all his money. <laughs> he just gambled it all the way. So you um, could have been living fucking oh, yeah. high on the hog if he didn't have a fucking gambling <laughs> problem. Because this dude got some yes. money. This motherfucker got paid. And for a long time, he could have survived if he just didn't gamble it away. If he just staved yeah. it away, he would have been done after his like second victim. So maybe. But, 
you know, people become obsessed with this stuff, right? And they think that it's easy money. Um, I'm just going to shoot this guy in the head and then fucking throw him in an acid barrel. So, hey, he didn't he didn't shoot anybody until the final few victims. Yeah. Or, Everybody else got the uh, the bludgeon in the back of the fucking head treatment. I was watching the one documentary it was pretty good, actually. And it was almost there was actors in it acting as like John Hag and stuff like that. Cool. I thought it was pretty cool. And he's like, oh, I just hit him in the back of the head. I give him a little tap. And it's just like, all right, bud. That is not, that's more than a little tap if you fucking killed him with one hit. Well, he, I don't think he, that's the thing, and we'll get into that, but yeah. I don't, I don't think he killed him with one hit. No. I don't, I don't, I, I think that a lot of those victims suffered a way more gruesome fate than oh, yeah. we are led to believe. And like I and said, there's no way to know because by the time yeah. the cops show up, the forensic evidence is fucking goo. Yeah, it's goo goo. It's goo goo. <laughs> Spray my goo. Ah! Hag was a fan of uh, classic music and played the piano. He was a good student who won scholarships to Queen Elizabeth Grammar School, unlike Tomcat and Wakefield Cathedral, <laughs> where I went to. Uh, <laughs> I, I was guess I was like, "What's a really stupid person?" Tom attended the Charles Manson Grammar School. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need fucking punctuation, motherfucker. I don't, I don't need no spell. That's Man, I'm, to fucking, me. I'm the goddamn spider. Everybody want to spell like Charles Manson. <laughs> I invented words, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, I would have loved to go to Charles Manson school, man. I would have been a hook, line, and sinker. You just do acid as he fucking speaks to you about ways that you can murder people in their homes. I'm not going to lie. That sounds horrible. I think it sounds like if I can, if, I, if I'm able to like go in a time bubble where nothing can hurt me. Yeah. Sure. Totally. Yes. Totally. Well, I but, know because I would be blamed for the things that he may have done or at least influenced me to do. But uh, I would just, you know, Tom I, was arrested for the Tate LaBianca yeah, murders. I go back in time and it's fucking, and then you're like, what? The timelines change and you see the picture like in fucking Back to the Future where it changes and it's my face instead of Charles Manson's. Oh, so it's one of your goofy ass refaces <laughs> and you, you just become Charles Manson and be like, man, this fucking. <laughs> this is we told me, t- me and Juan are just like, we told him. <laughs> told him not to go back, but. <laughs> he did. No. <laughs> so where he became a choir boy and uh, he was a good little choir boy. Look at that. That's a face. Only a priest could fuck. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Hag himself <laughs> claimed his childhood was bleak and lonely and his only friends were pets and neighborhood dogs. Ronry. So Ronry. <laughs> also a great movie. That's real. Fuck. I watched that movie with my uh, parents. It was fucking weird. Oh, that's going to be an unreal review. We're definitely doing Team America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hans Brarick. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> the, oh, hello, Hans Brarick. So good to see you again. <laughs> I saw I was at my mom's uh, friend's house. And um, yeah, uh, let's try to stay on topic. But I just want to say that this kid just cr- was crying, laughing. He's probably like twelve or thirteen. We're all like, I don't know, twelve or thirteen, whatever. And the parents are watching it with us. And the scene where they fuck as dolls, it's just like yeah. he cried <laughs> laughing because he's like, they got no parts to fuck. Like it makes no every sense. position <laughs> yeah. possible. And then she shits on him. Like yeah, it's, it's so, so ridiculous, dude. So Hag had an it. odd sense of humor, as we do, and was bullied at school. He would pull the as st- we were. Yeah. Yeah, he would pull the stool. And I, when I became, in, when I got to grade eight, then I became the bully. I was like, "We own this school now, motherfuckers!" And I think I've told you, I've told you about putting people in the gay circle. <laughs> Tom, so Tom, uh, I'm I'm picturing you as a bully, but you're like, "We run this," but you're listening to Beyonce on your headphones. <laughs> yeah, who run this world? And instead of girls, you're like. 
Tom. <laughs> Tom run this world. <laughs> when I, this is awful. I get bullied no more, bitch. But in grade eight, we used to put people in the gay circle. I don't know why. It sounds it sounds, it sounds like way, my kind of circle. It sounds way more homoerotic than it really was. Was, we, it, was it just a bukkake circle? No, we just, guys like- we just circled the guy, the kids that we didn't like, and we kicked them in the nuts and called them gay. There goes fucking Frank. You're a horrible person. I am. I w- and they weren't even gay. We were just calling him gay. You, you know how many hit lists you're probably on? Oh, I'm sure I am. Oh, <laughs> Some people are like, McKenzie's, oh, I'm okay, it's hard to keep guy. Frank up, man. Frank is a fucking massive alcoholic. And for the no, list, Frank is just Fra- Frank is very disappointed in you for being such a <laughs> that's such a probably piece of why he fucking school. fell. He tried to attack me. He's it like, was, I'm gonna fucking kick Tom's ass. It was only a couple fucking times, and it was it was we just did it to kids that we just didn't really we thought were losers. I don't know. So, so bad. You're, you're digging your hole even deeper, <laughs> buddy. Just just change the subject. I know. And just you, everybody remember, you know what we always say at Strange Brew, right? Everybody love everybody. Come on. <laughs> I got a ring too. You know what it says? E-L-E. Love. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so he, he, the thing is, he would play like stupid pranks, stuff like that, but he would pull the stool out from underneath the elderly organist when he sat down to play, <laughs> which I think is slightly funny. Organist is just a fun way of saying that they play with their dick a lot. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, like, you know, those crazy, you always see the crazy, like, which movie is that from? It's like the crazy old lady and she's just fucking playing it during the church music. Dun, 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 dun. I can't remember. There's a movie where this thing in Phantom of the Opera. Are you thinking that episode of The Simpsons where Bart sells his soul and the old lady's playing Inagata de Vida on the organ? <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like all freaking out. And passes out on to the end. Yeah. He also chased around a pig around its sty until it died from exhaustion. Like, what an asshole, man. You're like, I love animals. They're my only friend, but fuck you, pig. One of the smartest animals out there. I'm going to fucking chase you until you die. I think he died of exhaustion on purpose. Like, okay, so fun fact for the listeners. First fish I ever caught, I accidentally killed. I was three years old, and I hugged it and kissed it to death. <laughs> I walked around because I wanted a pet, and I was like, my fish. <laughs> and my dad just apparently was stoned in fish, and he's like, wait. Oh, and then he like threw it back in the water, and then proceeded to tell me, rather than shelter his poor, fragile child from the fact that the fish died. <laughs> now, uh, if, if uh, nobody knows, there is a, a murder of a man in Buffalo, and they say he was bear-hugged to death and buried he in was, He was hugged and kissed to death. <laughs> what he a got way to his go dick out. sucked to death. So he chased around the pig, and he killed it. Okay, fr- Frank is not one. <laughs> go home, Frank. You're drunk. <laughs> yeah, for all listeners, Frank is my skeleton man. And he uh, keeps trying to give Tom a rim job, and I don't, I don't know what's going on I'll with it. I just try to keep him over, so I don't hit him. I keep hitting him with my elbow. I think I get I get what excited. He's a rim about job. It's, it get excited. So he he was beaten for doing, <laughs> killing this fucking pig for like well get. Getting to the point of exhaustion. So, yes, the pig was, uh, the pig, I was like, the pig was beaten to death. But no, he was beaten, not to death. But I don't think he was beaten to death for killing the, or I don't, <laughs> God damn it, you got me doing it now. <laughs> I don't think he was beaten for killing the pig because from everything I was researching, his parents basically raised him in a way that if you're having fun, you're sinning. Yes. So he like was, you're not yeah. supposed to have fun in this world. So maybe he was telling his parents, he's like, oh, like they were like, was it fun for you? Did you have fun? Fun, John. Yeah. And then they just beat the shit out of him. 
Yeah, he's like, come here, piggy, come here, piggy. And he's like chasing it around. He's like, his dad sees him. He's like, what did I fucking tell you about having fun? I don't care if you fuck that pig, but you don't fucking play with it. <laughs> You're only allowed to murder the pig. <laughs> I don't care that it died. But you were smiling, you piece of shit. <laughs> When he finished school, Hag worked as an apprentice engineer at a firm. He subsequently got fired for adding sugar to his boss's patrol tank. Um, petrol he put tank. sugar in his boss's fucking gas yeah. tank. That's amazing. So he prayed, He played little pranks like this, like weird shit to fuck with people. And, he, and honestly, from the household he came from, he was probably just trying to have a little bit of fun because he had no friends. <laughs> yes, innocent pranks like destroying your boss's car by putting sugar in the gas tank. And uh, killing a pig with your own uh, tenacity. He killed a pig with his mind, man. <laughs> he held other jobs in insurance and advertisement. Uh, but once again, he was fired for he was accu- uh, accused of accused, <laughs> accused for stealing uh, a cash box. Accused. She's stealing from a cash box. Um, so he was a petty criminal, a little thief. He just probably did things he thought was fun. And he's like, whatever. He held jobs that you would expect a psychopath to hold, too. That's true. Advertisement. Yeah. Yeah, CEOs are fucking psychopaths now. They got fucking bodies buried in their backyards and their mansions. I don't even know if they do. I feel like most CEOs make enough money and have a good enough life that they're not concerned with it because they know that they are responsible for at least a handful of suicides well, and, and the sheer amount of people they that they probably, rip off. Uh, they probably, you know, have other vices like hookers and stuff like that. I would assume they also have, like, canned hunts of people if they really want to kill somebody, so they make sure they don't get in trouble. Or they go to international waters and just murder somebody, and then we never hear about it. That's true. Um, so in 1934, Hag married Betty Hammer. It's H-A-M-E-R, so I guess it is Hammer. 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 Uh, Hamer. Betty Hamer. Uh, however, this marriage did not last long. Of course it didn't. He was arrested four months later for car fraud and was sentenced to 15 months in prison. Yeah. Yeah, he got caught. So what he was doing is he was um, basically going to car dealerships and establishing a fake line of credit under a bunch of different identities. And then he got a bunch of cars because this was back in the day when you didn't have like VIN numbers and shit. Yeah. He got a bunch of cars, uh, made pay- like a couple payments in these people's names and then just stopped paying altogether and resold all of the cars. Yeah. Oh, OK. And, yeah. Yeah. So that makes well, he's, he was a con man either way. So he was he was good with a, a good chunk of his cons. It was just a matter of him being stupid about certain things and yep. getting overconfident and cocky. Whilst in prison, Betty gave birth to a daughter. She left Hag and gave the child up for adoption. So he has a daughter out there somewhere that technically could still be alive, but she might not even know that she is the daughter of the acid bath murderer. If she's lucky, yeah, he he. I would assume that he has descendants, unless um, his bloodline was wiped out in like World War II or something. But probably not. Maybe yeah. But in 1936, John Hag was released from prison and moved down to London. He became a chauffeur to uh, arcade owner William McSwan, who would later become his first victim. What the fuck kind of arcade is in the 19 fucking 30s? Does that mean, like, they played fucking pool and shit? Like, is that, like, an arcade? It's a good question. Yeah, was it, like, was it a billiards hall? No, they would have just called it a billiards hall. It's Plus, the, I don't believe the English actually play pool. They play snooker. That sounds racist. It's dumb. Snooker's, like, the dumbest fucking pool game I've ever seen in my life. That's when they keep taking the balls back out of the out of the pockets and put them on the table. stupid. 
It's stupid. It's really stupid. Um, he did the whole prodigal son thing several times, which is when he would get arrested and he would get back out, he would he would go to his parents' house and basically be like, you're Christian. You have to forgive me and yeah. give me another chance. And for a while, when he first got out, he played it real real straight. Like yeah. He was like, I'm the good choir boy. I'm sorry for my sins, blah, 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 blah. All the while, just being like, how can I get money? How won't I get yes. paid, motherfucker? He was all about that payment. So uh, he left his employment with McSwan and invented a new persona, William Cato Adamson. Adamson was a solicitor with multiple office locations, including London and Guilford and Shuri, Surrey, uh, where he sold fraudulent stocks and shares with uh, to unexpected victims or unsuspecting victims. Uh, this scam came to an end when somebody noticed that he spelled Guilford wrong on the letterhead. It's like, you ain't fucking doing shit for them. He was part of the Illiterate Librarians Club. Exactly, he was. He was uh, handed four years, uh, four-year prison sentence for fraud, but subsequently spent uh, time in and out of prison for the next several years. Hag realized mm-hmm. that his biggest downfall was that he left fraud victims alive to report the crimes. This just goes to show you, prison makes criminals smarter. It does. Look at fucking good old uh, Mancy boy. Well, I mean, there's a reason Duns, you know, John Dunsworth, R.I.P. the fucking goat, yeah. Jim Leahy, called it Con College. Yep. Just it is because, uh, you know, you learn from other people how to get. He's a guy. The one guy's like, you know how to get. Uh, you know, you keep getting cut for your frauds. You know, what you do buddy, you fucking murder them. I murdered three people. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I'm definitely not in prison for those murders. So listen <laughs> to me, buddy. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, uh, a lot of the, the criminals that he interacted with, the murderers especially, would just tell him, you know, when he would talk to him, be like, how'd you get caught? I'm like, well, I left a body. I left evidence. Yeah. Like, if you don't leave evidence, you ain't getting caught. That's what he was at least. That'll come into play later in the story. Think, yes. Hag spent his time in a prison devising ways to dispose of any witness to the crimes that he fully intended to continue committing upon release. He knew it. He was like, you know what? I'm still going to do this. I don't know how else to make money. I'm a fucking shitty person. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, he, you know, he did not want to, he, he fell prey to the same thing that all con men fall prey to. You're working just as hard as if you had a fucking job, yeah. and you're usually making less money than you would if you had a normal fucking job. He just didn't, it, it, it's something psychological that they uh, they get off on the whole manipulation thing. Yeah. Like, if you can if you can work a nine-to-five and pull in 500 bucks a week, or if you can con somebody that takes a month's planning, mm-hmm. and you get a grand out of it. Yeah. You just you 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 feel that little twang of uh, uh, you know of satisfaction. Mama from, made from, it. That's well. That's what all the psychologists that I was I was researching about this were saying is that they're like that's a very common trait amongst con people is that they're addicted to the rush of the yeah. con much less so than actually the payoff. He began researching the French murderer Georges Alexandra Surratt or Surratt, um, whose signature had been dissolving his victims in sulfuric acid. Have you ever seen Kenny versus Benny? We've had this conversation many times. Of course, I love I have. Kenny versus Benny. Um, for people that are more down south in the states, you are like further away from the Canadian no, border. No, they would have seen it because it was on Comedy Central because Trey mm-hmm. Parker and Matt Stone produced it. Oh yeah. Um, 
Juan's never seen it. I told him it's all on YouTube for free. It's fucking hilarious. But uh, Juan's a baby. What episode? Yeah, he is a baby. He's young. Uh, what uh, What episode was it where he, Kenny's like trying to? He's trying. He has a sulfuric acid. and He's seeing if it works because he wants to like kill Ken, uh, Spenny with it or something. And Kenny's like he pours it on like a mannequin and a banana, and he's like it's doing nothing. It's fucking acid. And he's like he just kept. It, it doesn't do anything. At first he tries it on like a mannequin, does nothing, and he like gets. He has a whole fucking wardrobe and a suit and like how you know um, John. Would dress. Sulfuric acid doesn't dissolve plastic. Yeah, and so he's trying to do that, and then he's like got a fucking apple, and he's like pointing. He's like, it's doing nothing. He's like, I know much. You know, he's like, you know how long it took me to fucking get this shit. And he's like, it's not even working. It probably wasn't real sulfuric acid. I know it's probably very he low w- um, chemically, um, low in whatever makes it acid. Yeah, it was, it was the pH balance was probably super fucked. Yeah, I, I can't remember what episode that is, but it's fucking hilarious. Like, what? Yeah, I spent all this money, man. Like, what? Like, it doesn't even work because he was joking about putting spenny in the sulfuric acid or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. So obviously, he started researching this guy. He's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, put it in the dispose of them. And using his free time, he devised his own methods of dissolving bodies in various forms of acid by practicing on fucking mice. Yep, when he was in prison, yeah. he would catch mice and he would do it in his cell, and then uh, he would get to a point where he figured he knew what he was doing, and then yep. he was ready to go out and face <laughs> the world. Eventually, that took 30 minutes for a small field mouse to dissolve. And he's doing this while he's in prison, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the... Is it the... Um, <laughs> Are you going to make a Green Mile bit? No, yeah. I, I don't believe he had the mouse. I believe it was the <gasps> other guy that had the mouse. It was the... Oh, yeah, it was the creepy... It he wasn't, healed the mouse. Yeah, yeah. it was... It was uh, What's his fuck? Yeah. The I, guy that was also in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as the narcotics officer. Yes, and he like... Yeah, because he has the rat that's a friend. The, the rat gets hurt or something, and then... The mouse... Oh, uh, one of the, mouse. I believe one of the guards kills the mouse oh, or yeah. some stupid shit, and he fucking... Give me the mouse, boss. Give me the mouse. I'll fucking heal it. <laughs> I can't do a big, big strapping black man voice. I can't watch that movie. Really? I cannot watch a movie that hurts to watch that badly. That you just—it just makes you fucking weep like a baby every they time. They made us watch it in school, man. It's really sad. I fell asleep. <laughs> I, was, I was stoned. So was I and drunk. Uh, eventually, he yeah. So it took three minutes to dissolve a field mouse, and he was able to calculate how much acid in time it would need for a full-grown man. So he was not—he wasn't stupid when it comes to like his. But the thing is, imagine if, you know, you you had mild intelligence, but you devoted your whole time to figuring out what the next con is. I think his favorite nursery rhyme was Peter Cottontail when he was a kid. How's that go? Uh, here comes Peter Cottontail. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's, that's the Easter one. What's the uh, <laughs> the one about the, the, the rabbit that scoops up the field mice and smacks them on the head? Uh, what? I've never heard of that one. You've never heard that? Oh, it's an old morbid nursery rhyme that's like... Scooping up the field mice and bopping them on the head. Oh, it sounds familiar. That sounds weird. Yeah, I can't remember what the fuck it is. Four years later, free from prison and armed with his macabre knowledge, John Hag took a job at an engineering firm and accounting department. Soon after, he ran into an old friend named William McSwan, who he'd worked for as a chauffeur. McSwan, yeah, the, the yeah. family that he worked for. Yeah, and McSwan told him about his new venture as a landlord, collecting rent from tenants who stayed in his parents' multiple properties. Little Bunny Foo-Foo. Yes, uh, <laughs> Little Bunny Foo-Foo, suck his little wiener. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Pop it on the head. Tom's got... Wieners on the mind. Wieners. Uh, though he uh, no no why probably. Um, <clears throat> this is funny. I've been uh, drawing dicks everywhere at work. 
because I quit. Are you are you secretly Jonah Hill from it, Superbad? Somebody, you know, remember? Don't you remember that fucking? Somebody said that I fucking. Somebody said a fan or somebody listens to the podcast said that I sound like Jonah Hill. I don't hear it. I've said it before, but somebody oh. literally commented and said I sound like Jonah Hill. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't. I don't hear it, but. Though he had a well-paying job in an engineering firm, Hag became, jeal- became jealous of McSwan's lavish lifestyle and litter effort he seemed to put into it. <laughs> he probably worked hard for his living and now is being able to relax and live out a lavish life. No, he was born rich. McSwan, you think so? That's the one that he was the chauffeur oh, yeah. for, right? I guess the name McSwan does sound really hoity-toity. They were a wealthy family that he worked for. That motherfucker <laughs> didn't work either. Yeah, that's true. Imagine that, like, man. Imagine just like not having to th- even worry about work and just like you just go to play properties so, and collect money. That's why I always say I wish I was born rich instead of so goddamn good looking. <laughs> so. uh... You know, a few months later, after bumping uh, into him, Hag lured McSwan to an abandoned basement and fucking knocked him over the head. He, he said he'd give him a little tappy, <laughs> tappy to. Tapped Scooping him on up the head. field of mice, bopping him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> using his newfound disposal method, um, his new, found, using his newfound disposal method, Hag put McSweeney's body into a 40-gallon drum and filled it with concentrated sulfuric acid. Two days later, McSwan was nothing more than a hundred or so pounds of sludge, which Hag yep. poured into a manhole. <laughs> Tom, Tom knows a thing or two about manholes. <laughs> Pretty crazy how like he just all right, and then he just like dumped it, and then you know it would it would have been a heavy barrel. So wherever he did this at, he yeah. would have to carry it or somehow have it near the manhole. He kept it in no, he kept it in his work. It wasn't a manhole, so I don't know where you, where you were researching, but from what I was researching, it, it was a little different. It wasn't a manhole. What it was is it was a like you know how in um, industrial workshops there's that drain in the middle the gray, where yeah. you spray everything down. That's what it was. Ew, man! Imagine the fucking. Stench. Can you imagine the chunks? Yeah, well, that's, he like tried not to retch while he was fucking you know opening up the the top of the barrel and was like. Ugh! Like those kids in the last episode that we did that found the barrel that thought it was spoiled milk. Yes. <laughs> spoiled milk, man. It could it could be worse, though. It was spoiled milk, man, not spoiled milk. <laughs> Riding the high of his success, uh, his successful murder, Hag took over McSwanies, McSwan, I want to say McSwanies, uh, like a restaurant, McSwan's landlord duties, telling McSwan's family that he had ran, uh, he had to, he'd ran away uh, to avoid being drafted. Mm-hmm. And the thing is... Yeah, well, it, yeah, oversimplifying it here. Let's 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 give it the credit that it was due. This motherfucker worked out a whole con because this dude came up to him and was like, "Yo, I don't want to get drafted in World War II. I don't want to fight. I don't yeah. want to go to combat." His parents were British aristocrats who were apparently just like, "Yeah, I don't want my son going off and fighting fucking Germans for the crown either. That's yeah. not our war. We don't need to fight war. Let the commoners fight." Yes, and supposedly he was a conscientious objector. Which they used to round those motherfuckers up and put them in jail, so. There's, at least in America, there's, I believe, two religions that actually grant you conscientious objector status. One of which is the Quakers, which is uh, the subsect of Christianity, the one that most Amish comes from. The guy that's on your oatmeal box. Yeah, <laughs> um, because they are strict nonviolence. Yes. That uh, that movie that was made, Hacksaw Ridge, yeah, uh, about mo- the guy that, that went into World War II, he was a Quaker. Was that's he why he didn't carry a gun. Yes, that's why he didn't carry a gun. He <clears> got <throat> religious exemption, and they basically were like, "You, we don't need you. And he's like, no, 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 I want 
to enlist because I want to do my duty. He's like, I just can't. I'm not carrying a gun. And he, he almost got discharged so many fucking times for that. But we're getting off topic now. Little bunny foo-foo. <laughs> Somebody in the Twitch. Um, but that I just think it is um, it is crazy. And he's like, yeah, he, like you know what? This guy is going to, you know, what? He's, uh, yeah, he just he ran away. Uh, he didn't want to fight. And no, it wasn't. It wasn't. He ran away. It was your son. He went into hiding <laughs> in order to avoid the great war. Eventually, when the elder McSwans became suspicious as their son had not returned home, even after the draft was over, John had killed them as well. But yeah, he uh, he basically went through and arranged a meeting and yeah, said, you guys got to come to my workshop in the dead of night. This is where your son is, because the dra- the war wasn't officially over yet, but the draft had already been kind of yeah. discarded. And uh, he's like, you guys got to come in and we'll we'll introduce you. But we got to be really slick about it. We got to be really sneaky about it. Um, and then the dad came in, blackjack to the back of the head. Whack! Yeah, so we and, knocked uh, him to, out, too. Well, at least yep, the, so the first. Enough. Three victims, I believe, were all knocked out by a blackjack, which for our listeners that don't know, a blackjack is basically a little leather pouch full of iron shavings. Uh, cops used to carry it with them before nightsticks. What? That's what it is? Yeah, that's what a blackjack is. Oh, Necro's a rhyme, but that's like hit you in the back with a blackjack and it's like it goes off fucking crack. Yeah, you, uh, you aim for the knot in the back of the head and... Out. Oh, I thought a blackjack so, was kind of like he, a bat or something. That's fucking. Yeah, I've, I've also heard it described as a bat, but every time I've ever seen an image of a blackjack, huh. it's a little like leather, like it almost is like the size of a shoehorn, but a little bit bigger. But it's full of iron oh, shavings. Oh, fucking clock. Yeah. Um. I use a. But, I use a fucking sock full of fucking soap. No, you don't. You just carry a six-pound fucking black dildo with you. Don't <laughs> lie to the. Don't lie to our listeners and insult their intelligence. It's heavy, and you know what? When you get hit with it, it it doesn't hurt as bad because it's pure rubber. So you just get fucking knocked the hell out. So here's my theory with this shit. And I choke you with the big first, black dildo. Okay, and go on. These first few victims were most likely alive when they went in the bath. That's or fucked. at very least knocked they were out. alive when he started dismembering them. So you're saying they were probably just knocked out then. I think the first one, he bludgeoned his yeah. friend to death. Like, he probably fractured his skull, and I think that one was probably definitely dead, but I believe his parents were may very well may have been alive. Yeah, and and later, he friends. switched it up, and he didn't use a blackjack anymore, but we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, I'm... Because it doesn't really... The details are kind of murky on it, yeah. and I don't know if he just stuck him in the tub, or I know some of the later victims he dismembered and then put them in. So I'm willing to bet once he started dismembering his victims, they were probably still alive. Which is really fucked up. Imagine you're, really you're, uncon- up. And you're unconscious and then you wake up with a fucking saw through your leg. That'd be fucked. I, I doubt that they woke up. Otherwise, they would. I, I'm sure he would because he loved like... You know, yeah. making himself puffing up his chest and, and and making his plumage a little big to try and make himself seem better than he was and bigger than he was to his his fellow inmates. So he probably would have told us if yeah. he had, uh, you know, beat them to death a second time. But and uh, every time I think about bodies being sawn up, it just always reminds me of uh, Saw, the original one where he has to cut mm-hmm. his own ankle. Then it reminds me of scary movie. I want to play a game. Where he's fucking Dr. Phil's like... Oh, yeah, the wrong ankle. Wrong, wrong foot. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, Fuck you, Dr. Phil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, left with, so he left with their uh, money and I suppose with their properties and Hag moved to uh, Onslow um, court, uh, court Hotel. Onslow Court Hotel. And uh, so Kenning's... Uh, Kensington. 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 Austin Powers. This is Kensington, yes. <laughs> um, so what he did is he forged documents granting himself power of attorney 
over their estate. Yeah, he said he was. Didn't he say he was like a family member or something? Something like that, a family member or just a close personal friend and was looking after it while they went to go visit their son somewhere. And it being World War II, it's another killer that operated under the chaos of war. Yeah, that is true. If you think about Mm -hmm. that, too, it relates back to our serial killers of war episode. Well, because when I was researching this, there were, uh, you know, a a bunch of those, those, you know, frequently also searched for. And uh, Dr. Satan was one of them. Yeah, Dr. Satan's the shit, man. Uh, (laughs) However, they roughly, it was roughly uh, $10,000 he had stolen, but it didn't last long. And back then, what, $10,000 must have been like, I don't know, $50,000. No, so $8,000 he got later, and they said, uh, from what I was was researching, they said that the adjusted for inflation is basically half a million dollars. So $10,000 is a little over. It's probably closer to $75,000 or $750,000. And back then, you could just live off that for a while. Yeah. Like what? And it's just like, all right, let's just run through this cash quickly because he, uh, his gambling problem. Gambling That's why he problem. ran through the money is cause he, he, he dressed nice. They said even, uh, well, I'll get to that yeah. later, but, uh, he, he had fucking expensive taste. Um, and I think a lot of this yes. is due to, it, it, it's very similar to the way that Crowley became Crowley yeah. because of his fucking overbearing religious upbringing because the more you shelter someone and the more you try and hide the world from them, the harder they're going to take it when they are forced to go into the world. Yes. And they want to be, and then it lets out all this, these devious acts. I I believe either devious or just strictly hedonistic ones. Like that's why so many people that grow up in heavy religious areas, even if they don't suffer abuse and they come from a loving religious, they end up all (laughs) fucked up and like drunks or alcoholic or drunks or, or addicts and shit. Or, um, breaking a guy, brain with your fucking bum. <laughs> My favorite Alistair Crowley story of all time. Uh, <laughs> Get over here and fuck me up the ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do it until you go mad. Uh, Hag was forced to obviously find another wealthy couple to kill and rob. And he would wear these this outfit, this intense outfit. It's fucking yeah. pretty crazy. He, he w- also rigged up a pump. Yeah. Uh, once he once he did it a couple times, he rigged up a pump that made sure that the acid didn't get on him. Yeah, which is crazy. So he was intelligent to an extent, and he would wear these outfits, like the whole full of the gloves, the apron, like a gas mask style, which mm-hmm. it, you could find anywhere. It was fucking during the war. And World then, War Two, you were issued those for, for bombing raids. Yes, and, and most people, yeah, most people would have them just in mm-hmm. case a little bomb may drop on you. And so he used this, you know, and dressed all up in a fucking serial killer garb and someone like he's from a, a literally um, <laughs> a Rob Zombie film and he put him in a fucking vat of acid. Have you ever seen the uh, the old carriages for babies that had the gas oh, mask shit built into it creepy. and stuff? Yeah, for pick- all of our oh. listeners, pause the pause the podcast right now and go uh, go go Google that or uh, DuckDuckGo it or eh, everybody's fucking stealing your information now. It doesn't matter Brave. anymore. Brave's- Brave is not a browser. Brave is, is a search engine. Is a, uh, or Brave is not a search engine. It's a browser. Which I use. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, supposedly um, the, the only one left that actually has no. There's, um, I can't remember our. Uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning the other podcasts that you, you could be listening to right now, but they mentioned a couple other ones that they use for for deep dive research, which I've been um, also checking out now. Which it gives you a lot better oh, search yeah. results for. When uh, me and Billy covered necrophilia, I could not use Google. I had to use like a private search engine. <laughs> Necrophilia, when one has the uncontrollable urge to crack open a cold one. Yes. He began to rent out a small workshop in Crowley, Sussex. Crowley. <laughs> it's almost 
It's C R A W. What are you doing in Sussex, boy? Get over here and touch my ass. <laughs> Around an hour from London, he brought uh, he brought the acid barrels down from Kensington. Hag met the couple when he was viewing their flat, pretending to be interested in purchasing it from them. Rose found Hag played the piano and asked him to play at their housewarming party at their new property, and she was super into music. And like mm-hmm. loved the piano, so they got along. And they were actually like a, some of these people he became friends with. Most of them, it's most of them loved nuts. him because he was really good at playing the part. He was a straight yeah. up sociopath. He was really good at putting on the airs of being like I'm a good boy. And he learned that from his religious upbringing yeah. because his parents would you know beat the piss out of him whenever he would be doing sinful acts. So he learned how to hide it really well. It's that whole thing where if you're an over sheltering parent, yeah. You're not raising a good kid. No. You're raising a great liar. Yeah, helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mom, I was a great. I'm a great liar. I don't know if I am anymore, but I used to be. And mom was like, "Why well, fucking? I would always lie." And I wasn't like sheltered to an extent. Uh, but they, you know, all my friends would be out at my buddy's place when I was a teenager, and I had a curfew, and they're all there, fucking getting drunk and getting high. I don't know why my mom didn't want me over there, so I had to sneak out of the house, yeah, and I get I the cops why. called on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, whilst at the party, Hag actually stole the doctor's gun, and Hag invited Doctor Henderson to his workshop in Crawley and showed him an invention that he had been working on. This is uh, I call this my acid room. How you fucking? I just painted a bunch of really cool shit on the walls, and he's got some cool lights, and we just we hang out and take some acid. It would be funny. It would be funny. Fucking, I got beanbag chairs, man. (laughs) I got legit beanbag chairs, and like oil on a lamp. That's a good lamp. Yeah, you just trip and blow. It'd be crazy if he was on acid while putting people in acid. That would be awesome. Dude, could you imagine <laughs> how fucked would that be? <laughs> it's just like he's like, here, this is my new invention. It's in this barrel. <laughs> it just drowns in so the like, acid. Yeah, some of some of his later murders, from what I what I was researching, they were saying that he would like he he was telling people after he got caught that he was cutting off little pieces, and like after a while, he started doing it slowly because yeah. he was in love with the process at that point and like liked watching it begin to dissolve and fold in on itself, and it's just like, ah. Uh. I don't know. That sounds really interesting, actually. Just being fucking... <laughs> so then... Burnt out of your skulls being like... Oh, fuck. Hag... Sh- you know, like, imagine, you know, when you're on mushrooms and you try cooking, like, especially meat, it's just... just it's fucking trippy and it's we- it makes you think weird thoughts. It yeah, does. where you're like, I'm a terrible person for eating this. <laughs> Hag shot the doctor in the head with his own gun that he stole from him earlier. Pretty crazy. Uh, All <laughs> things considered, these guys, the people that he shot in the head, were the lucky ones. Yeah, I agree. Because they were definitely dead. Mm. Uh, he then contracted uh, Rose Henderson to tell her that her husband... Oh, then he contacted Rose Henderson to tell that uh, her that her husband had fallen ill. And she needed to come and see him at his place in Crawley, and also shot her on arrival. Hag disposed of the bodies in barrels again. To ensure he was given control of their assets, he forged a letter again in the doctor's mm-hmm. name. He sold all of their possessions, uh, amounting to 8,000 pounds, which is around $9,000 in uni- uh, United States, in the dollar. No, 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 no. At that's, the that's time. A, that's a wrong inflation. It's, it's, I looked it it's up. It's close to half a million. So did I. Oh, not the inflation. I'm talking about at the time, 8,000 pounds, or if 8,000 pounds is equivalent to almost $9,000. Same. Yes, it's yes, very yes, close. yes, yes, yes. 
But today it would be about a half million Which dollars. Is nuts. That's why I'm saying that the ten thousand pounds he got previously is has got to be closer to seven hundred and fifty, like three quarters of a million dollars. If he would have just took both, even these two amounts of money, um, and everything he got beforehand, you could have just lived they a had, normal life. They had nothing on him. Yeah, nothing. He executed those crimes so meticulously that he would have gotten away with it scot free. But uh, yeah. he was a degenerate gambler. Yes, and it, it, and I, I'm not calling gamblers degenerates. This guy was a degenerate gambler yes. because it led to the degeneration of his wealth. Yeah, and it is true in the fact that you know, um, just it's just crazy how he just yeah, he could have fucking just I don't know he could have got away with it. Um, but he, really he liked could've. to brag. He was braggadocious, and you know, and it's just it just he fed into it. And the same time, if you look at Bundy or any other serial killers. Um, even though some of the more well-known ones, once you get good at it, you know, like that whole thing of what Bundy said about, you know, um, <laughs> the hammer or whatever, the fucking, the right, the tire, yeah, the wrench or whatever. He's yeah. just like, he's like the first time you have every detail pa- planned down to, you know, to, to the time, to this and that. And he's like, in the 12th time you forget where you put the fucking wrench. Yeah. See, and like the, after a while you just get used to it in this process of doing it where you think that this is easy. I can get away with this every time. Until yep. you don't. So he actually kept their car and their dog, which the dog is like, fuck is this guy, man? Yeah, how did that dog not? Well, I mean, that alone, you'd be kind of be like, that dude must have actually been that good of a manipulator mm-hmm. that he was able to hide the scent from the dogs. Yeah. Because dogs know when somebody's a fucking piece of shit. Yes. Um, oh, they, so, they can tell. Yeah, they can definitely tell. I think it just becomes like because so much seventy percent of communication is nonverbal, yeah. at least with humans. Like like you know, so with dogs, they're able to pick up on that shit because there is no verbal with with people. I mean, there is, but not you know, the language isn't. They don't they don't have the magic of language with them. Yes. Uh, uh, the other thing was we're we're completely you know glossing over the uh, the root and tootin' time he had with this uh, this couple. They fucking loved his ass. Did they have a swinger party or something? I don't know. I was wondering the same <laughs> thing when I was researching. I was like. I think he was fucking the mistress because the husband uh one of the things that they bonded on is that they were all like they all thought that he was a very like well put forth gentleman yeah. but he had his own vices and he was open about being a gambler and shit and her husband was an alcoholic and that was his vice high and five he was just we're like, both addicts yeah <laughs> you like gambling i love drinking you want to fuck my wife <laughs> that's pretty much i think how it went down um yeah. and by 1949 Hegg was still living in an onslow uh court hotel and was uh calling himself an engineer he was running out of money again so he sought out his final victim i love this chick's name man and this is where he fucked up. Yep. Olive Durant Deacon. That is a great name. Olive Durant Deacon. It's very old school. And every time Olive I hear- Olive Durant yeah. alone is a good name. Yeah. And every time I hear uh, Olive, it just reminds me of fucking um, uh, Popeye the Sailor Man. Doot, doot. Now the ch- I live in a garbage can. Doot, doot. What a you rapey show, door, man. I shit on the floor. <laughs> I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Always say that my chef called someone got pink eye one of the servers and he called her poop eye the sailor man and it made me cry laughing. <laughs> poop eye, he's like, oh, there's poop eye the sailor man. I was like, you're a fucking dick, bro. The next, the next time I know anyone that got pink eye, <laughs> poop I'm eye. calling him poop eye the sailor man. Um, but uh, I just have a weird quick thing on fucking Papa the sailor. <laughs> what a rapey fucking cartoon, bro. That guy always steals Olive and she's like punching his back and he just wants to fuck Olive and she's like. He, like, takes her, and then Popeye has to fight him to get Olive back. I might be misremembering this, but there are plenty of episodes where Popeye and Brutus are competing for Olive, and she's like, Oh, I don't know which one of you I want. Also, 
Why y'all competing over that ugly ass fucking pole? All of it. Uh, Shelly Duvall was the perfect person. Yes. Don't fucking at me, listener. She's an ugly ass broad. And I'm she sorry. looks even she worse is. now. She looks well, horrible. So let's not let's not pick on somebody for their mental health issues. Thank you. We all <laughs> none of us are going to age like wine. We're going to fucking decay. But even back in the day, I've never once looked at Shelly. I mean, I'm not the person to be saying this, but <laughs> have you ever once looked at Shelly Duvall and been like, wow? No, woman. never. You uh, like I want to get into this eventually for a watch party, uh, but is the fairy tale theater that shit is fucking weird? And she's in that shit. Oh yeah, that's just trippy as fuck. We should do that for a commentary that's coming up on the Patreon. Also, uh, all of was www.patreon.com slash a strange brew yes, podcast. Uh, all of sixteen issue sixty nine was a wealthy widow who also lived in the <laughs> same hotel that he did. She knew Hag was supposedly an engineer, and she told him about her idea for false. Nails. Yep. She wanted to invent wow, fake crazy, plastic eh? nails. Nuts. And the and you know what? If if the, you know if she did this, you know there would be a bunch of fucking strippers at a strip club with nails long as the eye can see where they snort coke from them. Wait, that did happen. Dude, I'm gonna so one of these days, hopefully soon, I'm gonna get the uh the stilettos. You're gonna get one of the fucking Marilyn Manson ones that has a long fucking claw. No, 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 I'm getting the, like, I'm going to have the stiletto nails, you know, like the little, uh, the claws why? that girls are getting now. Why? Ooh, why? Because they look fucking awesome. So you're why not, you're not going to be able to write with a pencil because your nails will be too long. So next time you come over, I could take my nails like a dragon. Down <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Hayek took, uh, took the opportunity to invite Olive to his workshop. And on the 18th in February, 1949, Olive traveled the hour journey with him to his workshop where he shot her in the neck uh, with the same fucking pistol from the doctor, Dr. Henderson's revolver. But this one. What? What did he do? No, she didn't. She didn't survive. No, no. Imagine a shot in the neck would be pretty bad because you would still be alive for an extended period of time. Was that the, the Sergio Leone film, Once Upon a Time in America, where the dude gets shot in the neck? Oh, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. But no, Godfather. In, yeah. in Godfather, he gets shot in the fucking neck. Shot in the neck would be brutal, but also, like, you could, if you didn't even, like, there's people that kill, uh, there's people that have killed themselves out there by slicing their own throat, which is fucked up to me. So you can't give yourself a full second smile, but I think you can hit your jugular. So fucked up, man. I don't know how people do that shit. He removed, uh, I don't know why, I want to know why. He removed her jewelry. And her, the obviously the expensive black Persian fur coat she was wearing, and put it in and put her in the acid bath. And yeah, he said he would like he liked the way that yeah they folded up, like which is fucking. Yeah, he would gross. watch the acid bubble and then like fold like everything would just fold in on itself and like so fucked up. Olive's friend Constance Lane. That's a very that's an old school fucking Constance. That's it's like Gertrude. Yeah. Yes, very old school. They reported her missing two days later. Sergeant Alexandra uh, Alexandra Lambron, uh, Lamborn was assigned to Olive's case and visited Constance Lane. And Constance uh, told Sergeant Lamborn that Olive was uh, aloof woman. What's an aloof woman? Aloof. She's unaware. She's dumb. She no, she's she's flittery. She's very like, <laughs> she's yeah. like off in space all the time. She's, she's aloof. Blonde. She's unaware. She's not. She doesn't pay attention. She's blonde. Yeah. 
<laughs> House Bunny, you're so vapid. Oh my god, thank you so much. You're like the fifth person to tell me. <laughs> who uh, supposedly who she disliked people and and crowds and was strong minded. She said she always always wore specific jewelry, including rings and a pearl necklace. Wherever she left, whenever she left her hotel room, are you laughing at the pearl necklace? Yeah, <laughs> isn't that just where you come on their fucking neck to make a necklace? Yeah, it's just it's just when you're not on somebody's face or or their their chest. Yeah. Pearl necklace. No. You said you gave Mary Jane a pearl necklace. How much did that cost? <laughs> you know, clearly y'all missed the point of that story. What's that from? Half-baked. Oh, yeah. Sergeant Lamborn spoke to John Hag, uh, who told uh, he who told her that he... Oh, that's a, the sergeant is a woman? I guess her name is Alexandra. Wow. Ah, I don't know about that. I don't think that... No, it's, it's probably a man. He said he told her that he saw Olive before she left the hotel. Who told she? Yeah, no. Her friend saw oh, Olive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Because when yeah. Oh. No, Tom, this was the forties. We like, weren't allowed no to do way. shit. Yeah, I was like, there's no way this. But but you know what, Sergeant Alexandra, I don't know what who named you, but that's a fucking pathetic name for a man. What are you talking about, Alexandra? Arguably one of the strongest names for a man ever. Alexandra. Not it's Alexandra. Alexander. No, it's Alexandra. Alexander. It's R. Yeah, but Alexandria. Was the city that Alexander founded. So oh, whatever. <laughs> so Olive said um, she said she saw Olive left the hotel uh, that day and she was wearing her statement black Persian fur coat. Lamborn found it odd that Hag lived in the hotel whose occupants were mainly older people. A lot of older women, too, like rich, yes. older women. And she had an uh, uneasy feeling about Hag and thought he may be involved. Can we fucking look up this? I, it says it's a fucking chick. Detective Inspector Albert Webb. Why did it lie to me? Because, I don't know. No, for Chelsea's business... Oh, that's funny. This routine inquiry, they sent along Sergeant Alexandra uh, Maude Lamborn. Her middle name was Maude. Says it's a chick. Where are you reading this? Fucking on Google. Google. Huh. I don't know. I got, I got nothing here on that one. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well, we shall never know. <laughs> We shall never know. But it said it's no. a, it says it's a girl in the research I have, which is actually pretty interesting. I just don't believe it at the time. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and, yeah, so, like, she had an uneasy feeling about Hag and thought he may be involved. A, a tele-description was sent out to all the police divisions by Inspector Sims uh, by that evening. Oh, if, if it... Okay, so... Possibility. It was just at the ass end of World War II. So... They could have very well taken on uh, female inspectors during yes. World War II when all the men were off. Well, and oh, that makes fucking sense, actually. That actually makes a lot of sense um, because they had to have... I was going to give them props for being progressive, yeah, but... Th they had to no, have I re I women um, in jobs that were normally male because the men were off fighting Hitler and his fucking Nazi goons that didn't yep, just... And, uh, so just we did that in them. America, too. That's actually the uh, one of the central themes in the uh, story of the Mothman. As the woman worked at the TNT factory because women worked in munitions factories because there were very few men to actually, you know, stay. Yep. And then women showed their gumption. And and then the Rothschilds came along, sponsored the feminist movement to be oh able to. Oh, my God. No, not this episode. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he started looking into Hag due to Lamborn's comments. 
Uh, Sims we almost got through one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sims and Detective Inspector Webb went back to Onslow to question the hotel manager, Miss Robbie. She told them that she had never seen any visitors with Hag and that he wore expensive clothes and drove flashy cars because he would buy. He also had the car that he, he stole from the fucking one family, um, mm-hmm. but also he bought a brand new car, too. Mm hmm. And this is back when they would have a little Ethiopian boy turn your engine from the inside. <laughs> from the inside? Was it the fucking Flintstones? <laughs> he also was... He's a living. He was also late paying for his room recently, which had... Um, which eventually was settled two days before Olive went missing. So he's like... Which is fucking... He's like, I got the money now. Yeah. <laughs> You're four days late on your rent. Perfect timing. Uh, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. Here you go. <laughs> Sims and Webb went upstairs to speak to Hag in his room where he invited them in. He recalled the same statement he told Lamborn earlier that day. He added that Olive was uh, carrying a red bag when she left the lobby, which is a weird detail to even just to be like, oh, yeah, I saw her. She was carrying this. Um, but you didn't need to make that. Uh, detail actually it, it's one of those things to make it oddly specific where it's like too much detail kind of gives it away that they're like ah guess what they why found do you later? the bag was red what does that yeah. have to do with anything guess what they found later uh what hag didn't realize is that inspector sims already knew him he already questioned hag earlier uh years earlier actually and he knew he was a con man like, yeah in reference to the fraud i believe because yeah. he was never investigated for any of the other murders because no one knew anything went no. down so Telling his fucking was, telling his homeboy, he's like, yo, this, <laughs> this guy's a fucking dick. <laughs> Back at the station, Sims ordered um, a record to search on John Hag um, from Scotland Yard, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they would have got Scotland Yard involved. This did at least um, bring up all of the charges that he was charged with, um, mm-hmm. which he, he so obviously Sims was like, this guy's sketchy. I've definitely interviewed him before I remember him. So let me just look up every little detail I can and see what this guy's really about. All right. Well, the dude's been arrested like four and imprisoned like three to four times for fraud. Doesn't exactly come off as a trustworthy individual. No. So, of course, any half halfway decent detective is going to be like, I'm going to follow up on this. Yeah. So then the search came back with all of Hag's uh, convictions and it detailed his history of the crime or w- history with crime at least. Mm-hmm. And however, a white collar crime like fraud didn't usually amount to murder. So he wasn't initially convinced that Hag killed Olive. Right. By the next morning, Olive's image was in newspapers and distributed by officers to taxi drivers, but no one had seen her since her departure from the hotel. Another occupant of the Onslow Court Hotel came forward to tell police that she had seen Olive in the lobby of the hotel in the morning, and Olive had told witnesses that she was driving to Crawley to, to with Mr. Hag. So yep. she, there's a witness right there that's like, yeah, I saw her, and she said she was off with Mr. John. And um, he had been the only witness to see her, uh, to see her allegedly slow departure from the hotel that day. And Sim set out about getting inside of the workshop in Crowley. And inside that workshop was spar- it was sparse, but was filled with few boxes, tools, empty bottles of sulfuric acid littered the sideboards. And he had a lot of these like little like little bottles, like almost like mason jar style. Kind Most of. likely just your typical brown glass bottle yes. that you would keep uh, caustic liquids in. Yep, for some strange reason, the window they can't get sunlight. Yeah, the windows were painted over, and there was a little green. There was a little light 
uh, entering the building. So it looked fairly creepy, I'm sure. The only items, it's like, what are you doing in here, bro? Like, what the, f- like, you say this is a, workshop? a cheap workshop. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to make, a, if, if you're not entertaining people, you're going to cut corners where you can. So if only you are there, you're not going to have a lavish fucking workshop. Who yeah. the fuck are you trying to impress? So the only item that looked at a place was a leather, was, uh, was, the only item that looked out of place was a locked leather hat box, which had been taken into evidence. Um, you know what's crazy? Hat boxes are fucking weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my grandma, my, my grandma died. My mom gave Chelsea some of her old hats, and my grandma had full blown like nineteen twenties like old lady style hats in these hat boxes. And they're fucking. It was a thing, dude. It was it was so like a, a, a so many a hats formal thing. You had to wear a fucking hat. Like I don't know why, but you did. If I can find them, I'll wear them. I want to wear one. I want to wear Sims received the report that on the context of the hat box, once it had been uh, forced open, it contained the revolver belonging to Doctor Henderson. Uh, eight rounds. Yeah, yeah, eight rounds of uh, ammunition in an envelope, uh, heavy red cellophane paper, and a receipt from a dry cleaning shop near Crawley for a black. Persian fur coat. So he probably got it clean before he probably stole it. You know? Yep. So Hag was kept at the police station whilst Sims and Superintendents Barrett and Mahone uh, drove to the hotel to search Hag's room. They returned hours later to the station with several items in their possession. This search brought, uh, this search brought back a black, uh, (laughs) Jesus, the search brought back a shirt covered in blood stains and a pen knife with blood on it. They also recovered a shopping list written by Hag. Um, acid, uh, acid, uh, acid. Bread. Uh, yeah, bread. Butter. <laughs> butter. Knife. Milk. Eggs. Acid. Acid. <laughs> and then acid. it included, uh, I, which is so stupid, he left this fucking around, but uh, what she disposed of another body, but on the, and that included items for which she disposed of one of the other bodies, including a car, a carboys of acid, which are like bottles, uh, rubber mm-hmm. gloves, uh, cellophane, and cotton wadding. And uh, it's just fine because eventually he like kind of, um, he like bragged about his murders to the cops because he- What's the stuff in the little uh, case? The three little things. I have... Oh, uh, we'll get into that. So that's uh, the gallstones that we'll get into. Oh. So, um, which is pretty crazy. And uh, so if I tell you the truth, you would not believe it. The truth sounds too fantastic for belief. Mr. Durant Deacon no longer exists. Okay, wait, let me do a... Let me do a... If I told you the truth, you would not believe it. The truth sounds too fantastic for belief. For belief. Mrs. Duran Deacon no longer exists. She had disappeared completely. No trace of her can be found. Again, I just have destroyed her with acid. Every trace has gone. How can you prove murder if there is no body? Yeah, this motherfucker cops yeah. to all of his murders because he's like... He confessed to everything. <laughs> There's no body, bitch. You can't convict yeah. me. And they're like, you, you just confessed, you fucking idiot. Hag confessed to killing Olive. He like he just confessed it. He didn't even need to because he thought that there was yeah. no body, so he could just get away with it. He was Which, literally uh, that egotistical yes. that he figured he's like, yeah, if there's no body, they won't convict me. It's like, yeah, except they you gave them can. the one yes. thing that's more important than a body. Confession. You gave him a fucking confession, you idiot. Hag confe- uh, confessed to killing Olive, the McSwans, and the Hendersons, and he was doing it in the documentary I watched with the actor that they played. Did it very well, where he just like he just was like very smug about it. Yeah, which is fucking nuts. And um, as, however, they he said that they could not be it could not be proven uh, because there was no body. And he also said too he was like, 
Um, he's like, well, we, we can charge you. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you don't need just a body. And he was like, what? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> when the detectives were talking to him, he's like, um, what about someone who's insane? And, he, and then yeah. the, the cops are like, well, I get you'll be sent to an, uh, an asylum. And he asked, yeah, he's like, he's like, how often do people get released from psych centers? Yeah, it's like crazy. So that's when uh, he told police that he was drinking the blood of his victims and mm-hmm. was driving it insane and that he had no proof that, there's no proof that he ever did this, um, but he supposedly, he did tell the cops that he like drilled an incision in the back of their necks and then drank their blood and it was causing- So what that comes from is it comes from his dream that he would have. Which we're going to get into in, in soon. Soon we'll get into the, his dreams by the okay. psychologist. Uh, so forensics soon realized that the brown sludge behind the workshop was human fucking remains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on closer expansion, uh, on closer exp- cringe, in- yeah, cringe, cringe, cringy ass bitch. On closer inspection, pathologist Keith Simpson found twenty eight pounds of body fat. <laughs> fucking disgusting. Part of a foot, gallstones, and part of a denture which was identified as Olive Durant Deacon at the trial by her dentist. And dentist, um, there's the gallstones. Dentist, uh, obviously, are, um, there's his funny gloves. <laughs> the dentist is pretty smart, I could say. Like, mm-hmm. that the, he, he knew, you know, and I just think dentistry back then No, it's dental awful. records. That's how, pe- that's how victims are identified all the time. Yes. If you die in a bad fire, you're identified through dental records, usually. Through your teeth. It doesn't make the dentist extra smart. It just makes them a competent dentist. Do you think their teeth were all sideways and shit? They're British. Of course they were. <laughs> in early August 1949. I love you, British listeners. Uh, I'm kidding. Yes, we're just joking. We have a lot of downloads in the UK. What's up, fuckers? Uh, Hag was put on trial at Sussex um, Assizes in Lewis, and he couldn't afford his own defense. So the news of the world newspaper, news of the world, where you could find out that aliens abduct people and insert things in their butthole. That's that's, that's weekly news. world news. Yeah, it just sounds like one of those newspapers. News of the news world. of the world. <laughs> it's a newspaper offered to pay um, for obviously an exclusive story. So they paid for his lawyer on the thing where well, you gotta give us the exclusive story. Gotta get his lowdown because after I think. Uh, sh- shout back to uh, check out our Jack the Ripper episodes. Um, the two, uh, two, uh, the fucking two parter we did on that motherfucker. Uh, but it, once that became a thing, especially in like Britain and stuff like that, it was such it was sensationalized. Um, yeah. So it kind of became. It was like newspapers knew that these that true crime would sell. Why true crime now? No. Yes. No. no. Yes. So the jury took only minutes to deliberate his fate. They found him. Uh, they found him sane and guilty of murdering six people, and that he would not be allowed to appeal his sentencing. When being transferred to Wandsworth Prison, God, these fucking British. Juan. Wandsworth. Uh, Juan. <laughs> Hag asked one of the prison guards if it would be possible to have a trial run of his hanging to iron out any issues. <laughs> It's like, can I just see how this works? Let's go outside and um, put me on the rope, and uh, I, I won't run. I definitely won't run. Yeah, what the fuck was up with that? This like, pretty weird, eh? That is that is very odd. I think maybe that was a ploy. that was him trying to get like a last minute, like, no, look, I'm mad. See, <laughs> no, I'm po- I'm positively mad. I'm eating my own poopy. I'm pissing in my mouth. Look at me, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
In prison, his physician, Dr. Yellowless, Yellowless uh, noted his childhood nightmares, which Hag claimed lure him to become, become a bloodlusting murderer. I saw crucifixes which gradually turned into trees. At first I seemed to see the dew or the rain running from the branches. But when I came nearer, I knew it was blood. All of a sudden, the whole forest began to twist about, and the trees streamed with blood. Blood ran from the trunks. Blood ran from the branches. All shiny and red. The trees stiffened like hard cocks, and they began to ooze. (laughs) Ooze blood from their peels. That is Anton's nightmare, or maybe a dream. Uh, All red and shiny blood would come from the branches. I felt weak and seemed to faint. I saw a man going around the trees gathering blood. When the cup he was holding in his hands was full, he came up to me and said, Drink! But I was paralyzed. The dream vanished, but I still felt faint and stretched out with all of my strength towards the cup. Freaky nightmare, man. It's fucked up. Real fucked up. That that voice was a little reminiscent of fucking <laughs> good old um, <laughs> fucking the werewolf man. <laughs> Albert Fish. Yeah. She let me spank her with the ping pong paddle. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He the spanky. Yeah, he was the spanky. <laughs> Uh, so he told Dr. Yellowless that his visions, w- uh, which it led him to his vicious path. And on Wednesday, 10th, August, 1949, John George Hag, the acid bath murderer, was hanged, as Billy would say, it's fucking hung, hanged. John George Jingleheimer. <laughs> was hanged at Wandsworth Prison while a crowd of over a f- over 500 fucking people gathered outside the prison. It's like, we haven't seen enough death and murder with the war. Um, let's go watch hey, this guy get hanged. Public executions were a long-standing British tradition since yeah. the fucking Middle Ages. And they, did, they didn't have no TV. Well, they did at this time. They had movies. Yeah, it was 1949. Of course they had fucking TV. They had movies. The Beatles are like 10 years away. Yeah, it's true. Um, and yeah, and so I just, they have nothing else to do. So they gather outside the prison and, uh, the news of the world, uh, the news of the world got an exclusive and he donated one of his favorite suits to Madame, was it Trousset's, um, the fucking wax museum. Yeah. 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 The uh, tower of London wax museum or whatever, which would be awesome to go to if I could ever leave my country or at least get back into it. Uh, but that's pretty cool, like crazy that he he's like, you know what? You want to make a fucking make me a fucking wax figure, and I'll live in infamy. Yeah, he was he, he's an egotistical prick, so of Makes course he's sense. like, I'm gonna be immortalized in a wax museum. This is sweet. George jo- uh, John George Hag, um, uh, motives were never clear, despite his insanity pleas. Some believed he thought he was a vampire, doubtful, who enjoyed drinking blood. I don't think any. I think this dude was honestly, if anything, just legitimately sane. Like, he had a fucked up upbringing, for sure, and that probably led to the degeneracy because he, you know, became very good at being a liar and became very sneaky and things like that. And it probably agitated an already burgeoning psychopathy. Uh, That coupled with him living during wartime and World War II, probably a whole bunch of conditions that created him into what he was. And I'm assuming that his his first murder, uh, not assuming, but it really does seem like his first murder was simply because he he was tired of getting fucking caught for scams. Yes, and he's. It was uh, to me. It was all about money for him. It was yeah, just money. I, I, that's why I don't buy the the drinking of the blood thing. I think no. he definitely had that nightmare. Yeah. But I think he said that because he was trying to get 
you know, put into an asylum so he could, he had delusions of getting out and doing it all over again. And the, the crazy thing is, do you really want to go into an asylum back then, man? You're, you're like no. held up with the crazy, crazy ones and the people who have mental illness, like really severe. Still better than dancing on the end of a rope, I guess. I guess. But not really. I'd almost rather just fucking hang myself at that point. I'd rather be hung, as Billy would say. I'd rather be hanged. Um, yeah. Who wouldn't, there, sugar tits? Uh, yeah. I just, uh, but, um, you know, compared to being in a same asylum where you technically could be in, you know, um, a straight jacket and, you know, maybe you're, you're, your guy in the next cell when you get out on fucking the hallway duty where you're allowed to roam the hallways fucking freaking out. A uh, guy throws poop at you all day. Well, I think there were probably, like everything else at this time, there were probably different wings for people of different standing yes. in society. Like, if you Maybe. were, you know, an heiress to a fortune or something, and your family was like, she's a bit temperamental, yeah. because you decided that, you know, you were your own person, and you had your own thoughts, like yes. they did with women all the time back in the day. So true. You know, which is fucking fucked up, but... So true. Then you'd probably go to the nice psychiatric wing, where it's like, no, she's in a, she's in a, a nervous hospital. Oh, yeah. As opposed to being like... She is in the fucking chain to a radiator shitting herself yeah. fucking hot. She got the fucking wheelchair treatment where she's like, they they push her on a wheelchair even though she doesn't really need it, and they just put her, put her out in the lawn. in the garden today, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's just all whacked out on Thorazine the whole time. <laughs> Some people, uh, you know, and others, obviously, they think that he was just a cold-hearted killer who believed that he could get away with murder if the body was never found. If Hag had been more meticulous, he may have continued to get away with his crime. And like we said earlier, if Haig just wouldn't have been a fucking degenerate goddamn gambler, he yes. probably wouldn't have had to have killed so many people, and he would have gotten away with it scot-free. And that was uh, the acid bath murder. I want to touch upon this before. Like, we're very soon going to start dipping our toe even deeper into the world of true crime. Um, That's all we've been doing lately is fucking been, true crime. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of true crime lately because I said that I want to, you know, we were slacking to me a little bit on covering serial killers more because we're getting into stuff like aliens and, and paranormal um, style episodes. But I would like to, we're, like we said, we're going to start diving in some really big names. It will come down the pipeline. We wanted to start in a certain fashion, kind of to get into it and, you know, start, start, Go back in the time machine, go back to the, you know, the 40s and the 50s and lead up, you know, into the 70s and 80s when serial killers seemed to be run rampant everywhere you went in every fucking it's state. It's the lead in the water. Yes, there's some, yeah, th that could be the case. Um, or the reptilians had a plan to distract the world from what was really going on and who had to pump up the fear. Bingo! I fucking haven't said reptilians. I feel like there's better ways that they could have yeah. gone about pumping up the fear. War, war, war helped. Uh, but War War never changes. <laughs> you might, I, I know you don't get that, but our, our listeners do. I know some of our listeners play Fallout, and they get the uh, the Ron Perlman. War never changes. Uh, but I'm you know, there's a lot of stuff coming down. I hope you guys are excited because there's lots to come on Strange Brew Podcast. Uh, we're going to dive into a bunch of different stuff. Billy's going to try to get on as often as he can. You'll hear coming up in the summer will be a lot of fun episodes with actually we're playing to a couple, all three of us together once again, and uh, for some big cases that some will uh, be what uh, uh, we'll some cases will be things that we've covered in the past that have been since in X'd out in the annals of the strange brew history. So, <laughs> Anal. so we're doing uh we're going to cover some really fucked up, crazy topics coming up soon. It's going to be really exciting. I'm excited. And I hope you're excited because we love all the host heads out there and uh, we appreciate you. And like I said before, give us if, even if you don't go on Apple podcast or iTunes, 
even if you just go out of your way to literally give us a five-star review and give us a little nice comment of how you enjoyed the show, we would highly appreciate that. It does help the numbers uh, because one of our most downloaded um, apps, you could say, are... Uh, Apple podcast. A lot of people that have iPhones just use that because it's very simple, but also Spotify is high up there. You can give us a five-star review on Spotify. Um, so yeah, we appreciate everything. And for everyone that, you know, wants to help support strange brew, go on the Patreon uh, because there's a lot of fun stuff it. on there. It's going to be different too. There's not going to be, it's going to be your everyday strange brew style things. We're doing commentary for horror movies, which will be a lot, like obscure, fucking funny ass, weird horror movies. Um, Teespring for our, all of your merch needs. Tom is yes. uh, for, for any of you that can see it right now, Tom is repping, uh, repping our shit. And an uh, awesome my flag t-shirt. is on the way. Yes. Uh, so I'll have that that beautiful poster that's behind Tom and that shirt that uh, he's wearing up behind me and all of that and in my Twitch streams. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah, 100% uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, go on down, give us, a, give us a little five star and a sweet little sentiment. Yes, and we'll appreciate that because we appreciate you. And just remember, everybody out there, stay strange. Everybody love everybody. Yes. All right, smoking up on the pipe while we end this. You've been living clean for three years now, and it's done you a world of good, has it not? Look, I know I've had my trouble with drugs in the past, but I'm addicted to coke, weed, booze, lewds, and speed, not LSD. Nobody gets addicted to LSD. Happen like this, I was just an average white kid. Didn't know how fast life is. Fixing what's broken last night gets blurry after the third drink. And I'm flirting, taking her home to sure thing. I'm nervous, she's naked, her curves win me over. I'm learning, she's a cobra with a tight grip. She loves smoking, I told her I might quit. I don't wanna die sick, I close my eyelids and picture my life is perfect. Trying to get rid of my vices, cursing in the name of God, hurting the pain is hard. Searching for the fame, watch the odds of me making it fucking frauds, faking it, talking hard, awesome gangster shit. This is my heart, my yard with the pen, not painting it. Time's slowing down, time's speeding up. Better watch the road you go down. Love's all you need from us Time's slowing down Time's speeding up Better watch the road you go down Love's all you need from us And the story continues God, you ignored me, didn't you? I was lost, lonely, and bitter too My thoughts drove me to lose my grip of my cool Looking at myself, who's this? I'm confused, why you? Not someone else, what have you done to yourself? Summon demons from hell are coming, but I'm leaving as well. I see the sun in the evening, cast spells on witches and demons that act out against me. You try to a crack house in a Bentley, try to tell me about the facts of our enemy. I smell the jealousy of rats selling out for a penny. Don't tell me anything, I don't want to hear it. Every night I'm haunted by a spirit, but I stay strong and fearless. Time's slowing down. Time's speeding up Better watch the road you go down Love's all you need from us Exit my front door I'm like you except I know much more I attract negativity Especially girls that were just whores When is the end of the world? We're fucked for sure We'll gotta ride if there's nuclear war Aliens setting signs and observe the world Will I be in my bed when I die? Float to the sky or is everything we know a lie? Better think when you're controlled by Demons we grow up to die Believing what we're seeing Close, shut those eyes Have peace and freedom and learn to love your life 